0: This goes out to every outcast, to the just don't quite fit in. Every wrong way, runaway rebel, so ashamed of where you've been. This goes out to every searcher, trying to fill that empty space. Well, your searching days are over now, everything's about to change.
1: Good morning, everyone, as people are still coming in, out of the highways and byways. We want to welcome you today here to Trinity. We want to honor our ladies on Mother's Day. And we have a tradition around here that you may not have any children, but we consider you a spiritual mom, uh, an example to the kids growing up. So we want to honor you today. I have some helpers this morning that are going to come down the center aisle here, and they have a special gift. They need help, though. I need, if you're willing to own up to the fact that you're 18 years or older and a female, don't give me any of this. I identify. No. Some of the guys say they were going to identify just to get their gift today, but no, that's not going to happen. But uh, if you would be so kind as if you're 18 years old and female, uh, our spiritual moms and our moms to stand up to be honored. Could you give a round of applause? Ladies, come begin to pass out the candy bars, special candy bars to our ladies. Let's honor them today. All right. And uh, it, it's going to take a while if it takes this long. Uh moving right along ladies (laughs) come on take that side if they're standing up they're qualified my 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 well what we might need to do is I might need to make it another announcement while we're walking through this it seemed like such a great idea when I had it (laughs) you ever you ever have one of those you stay on this side m this side if you have not received a candy bar yet remain standing if you've received a candy bar be seated that'll help them (laughs) oh my that was one of my worst ideas I've ever had I I, it seemed like such a well while we're waiting Excuse me, while we're waiting, I have another announcement to make which ought to kill sufficient time for them to pass amongst you with candy bars. Abby, you're on that, Abby. Abby, that side. If they're standing, don't give it to the guy that's standing. Only the ladies. Okay. (laughs) tomorrow if you can help us out it would be greatly appreciated spring has finally sprung and we've got a lot of catching up to do from the winter our facility here our property is the catch-all for all the waste paper that comes from the strip mall and from the uh the pizza place and everything else plus we have edging to do and weed whipping and got to cut part of a tree down that died on us and just a lot of stuff to to be done and okay At nine o'clock, we're gonna meet for a manual labor Monday. And you say, well, I'm physically not able. Well, if you got some tools that we can borrow, uh, that would be helpful too. But we're gonna try and get a lot done. You say, well, I can't do a lot of heavy things. We can, picking up paper with a pointed stick is always good too. We have uh, jobs for everybody outside and uh, we could really use your help to spruce up the facility and the grounds and have it ready to welcome guests. We just received word that uh, Tammy, uh, she had surgery last week, but she was having some, some uh, difficulty with heartbeat, and she's in a squad right now on their way to the hospital. So would you join hands with believers on either side right now, and let's pray for Tammy right now. Heavenly Father, we come in the name of Jesus, and we reach out, and we're asking for you to reach out and touch Tammy, that long before she reaches the hospital. That you've already touched her heart you've touched every aspect that needs to be healed and we pray father for your presence in the squad right now that you'd speak peace and calm any storms in the in the heart and mind and we pray father for your hand to be upon her this very moment in jesus name we pray it amen we're gonna did everybody get all the ladies get your candy bar if you didn't We're going to help you. All right. Let's stand together. We're going to give some praise to the Lord. And good news is, I can make a joyful noise today because Sergeant uh, David uh, brought me two tambourines that I can mess with you with. No one has ever turned in the ones they ripped off from me a couple weeks ago. Look out. <laughs> high five, give a God bless you. Let's sing that again and let's have a happy day and put a spring in your step as you go around and greet one another in the joy of the Lord. Amen. What? Oh, Okay. I some more worship. Is that way for you. Oh, sing this. Come on, the roof you That went over well. Huh? good. Let, let me try this again. Back in and have a seat. Enough of that sloppy agape stuff. Come on. Hey, give me five. Praise God. Nobody's paying attention to me. I. have a dog like that wouldn't (laughs) praise god huh you betcha don't even think about
0: it
1: (laughs) praise god okay i got them back for you jr there you go there you go
2: well you're already seated so that's good we want to uh welcome everyone to trinity this morning happy mother's day as pastor said Um, If we have any visitors today, we just want to thank you for being here with us and praising the Lord with us today. And uh, Grandpa Mark right here, he's got a visitor's card for you. So if you are a visitor, just slip up your hand and he has an information card for you to fill out. That way we can keep in contact and you can stay up to date with things that are going on here at Trinity. We get a large round of applause for our visitors and Today is Mission Sunday, so uh, I invite you to read your bulletin, to read up on that and all the good things that are going on there. We want to remind everyone that every Wednesday we have services, both we have an AM Bible study, and we also have evening services for the whole family. We have things for the girls' missions, and we have Royal Rangers and youth and all kinds of fun stuff Um, for you youth. Now that your parents are here, I know you're tired of hearing about this, but listen up, parents. If you are going on the missions trip, you need to be at the meeting this Friday. Right. Right, all people going to the missions trip, but now so your parents can hear. There's a meeting this Friday that you must attend. It's at six o'clock in the fireside room, okay? Yes, you do. Where's Dave? Is he in here? Mr. Swagger? Well, I have the, the wonderful privilege of being able to sit next to Pastor every Sunday morning, and I get to hear the joyful noise that comes from the tambourine. <laughs> Dave, I personally, man, I just want to thank you. It's been so quiet the last few weeks, so thank you. All right, well, remain seated for a minute, and we have a video for you guys today. This spring,
1: only one hero can save her family and prevent disaster
0: Mom, we're gonna be late for school! I
2: don't think so Whoa
1: Experience the phenomenon that critics are calling inspiring
2: Mom, I can't find number 17!
0: Come on, Billy! Dig deep!
1: A lot of fun And pure genius.
2: Mom, where's my phone? Table. Keys. Bedroom. Dragon Man. Under the couch between the monkey and the flip-flop.
0: How does she do that?
1: Created by God to demonstrate his love
2: with grace, elegance, and poise.
0: You see my butane torch? Go ahead and join us for some more worship as we continue to celebrate the God who made all of these amazing moms.
1: and fall, leaders are moved and placed, but God reigns. The times and the seasons may strike fear, but not to the faithful. Your God reigns. Your God reigns. Over every circumstance, every situation, every crisis, every problem, every adversity, every sickness, every disease, every torment, every attack, your God reigns. Hallelujah. We're that people that still believe that God, by His Spirit, through gifts of His Holy Spirit, speaks to His church. I invite you today to just join with me right now in inviting a fresh awareness of Jesus' presence into this place. Every one of us, invite Jesus to the house today. Invite Jesus to this house, this day. See what he can do. Hallelujah. Praise your name, mighty God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. We want you to still be in prayer for Tammy, part of the worship team, and they're on their way to the hospital, and so we continue to bathe that situation in prayer. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, she wanted to stand in. We anoint her in the name of the Lord. Just as you did in the days gone by where the centurion came and said, my servant is sick. Well, bring him. I'll go to him, Jesus said. But he said, no, I know you're a man under authority. You just speak the word and he'll be touched and healed. Father God, speak the word, we pray, across the miles and bring the healing that is needed right now in Jesus' name, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I I will. Oh, I'm so looking forward to being on the missions trip and <laughs> teaching the little children. <laughs> Reminds me of the time I was doing a drama of a, an old shepherd in a nursing home. And I came out, I'm just a poor shepherd. And yet I know. And before I got my first line out of the drama, a lady said, oh, somebody find the old fool a seat. Thank you. Many of you have been around Trinity long enough and around me long enough to know that I really believe the Bible comes alive. And so when I read it or study the Word of God, I see it about a half a bubble off than everybody else. I I, I see different characters and people Where i may not know the name of this character or maybe i do i see other people that i've met or been introduced or seen we know many of you know when we've studied about elisha and his servant and the whole town surrounded by the syrian army and i picture the servant coming in what we going to do what we get i barney fife got to be barney fife where's my bullet you know he's lord open his eyes oh those big old eyes of, of barney and it's pretty easy when we're studying the bible and we we come across to nathan i i see nathan and we we, we come we come across to a john or a mary or a or a sue or Uh, Anybody, uh, oh, James, oh my goodness. I, I got a pick of the Jameses. We've got first, second, and third James, and a Jamie as well. Tom, anytime we're dealing with, well, the doubter. But what we, I put faces on these characters. Today I want to put a face upon an unnamed person in the Bible. And this is a person that I highly have respected and felt privileged to be a part of the family with. And it helps me to see this story in a slightly different light. It comes alive afresh to me. I didn't tell anybody I was going to do this, but I'm, I'm going to honor somebody that was one of the greatest women in my life Would you stand with me for the reading of the scripture today? Turning to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Beginning with verse 29. Now as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered in the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother, his mother-in-law, lay sick with a fever. And they told him about her at once. So he, Jesus, came, took her by the hand, and lifted her up. And immediately, the fever left her, and she served And she served them. Heavenly Father, help us as we see this Bible story in a slightly different light. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Please keep your Bible open there (coughs) to this portion of God's Word. I was privileged to have, in my estimation, the greatest mother-in-law on planet Earth. She was a godly woman, and yet, boy, did she know how to have fun. I married into the family. Uh, Later on, as we're telling this story about Simon Peter's mother-in-law, you've got to feel for his mother-in-law because of how Simon Peter was. He was no prize catch as a fisherman. We know Simon Peter to be, a lot of times, just a real mess and a bully. Uh, Not the greatest son-in-law you could think of to have your your daughter marry, We're going to look at the mother-in-law. I'm going to name her today. Oh, we don't know her name. But some of the aspects of her remind me of a lady named Sally, my mother-in-law. That wasn't her given name. She hated her given name. Her name was Eleanor Pearl. She hated it. She had an uncle, a favorite uncle that would come along. And because of her demeanor, he called her Sally Sunshine. And she took that name and ran with it. It wasn't until I married into the family I knew that wasn't her name. At church, she was that bright, you could pick out her laugh. Anywhere in the building. I just knew her as Sally. She didn't want me to call her Mrs. Gale. She says, that's my, that's my mother-in-law. <laughs> she, said, she wasn't crazy about her either, but, but that's, that's okay. She was Sally. She was always involved in helping the youth out when we went to Camp Syker. She was one of the cooks. And she gave as good as was given to her by the youth group at the church we had over 60 to 75 kids in the youth group and she didn't take anything off of them but everybody wanted to be around sally sally loved being a part of god's church at per- certain points she wasn't able to drive she had her father come by and pick her and the whole family up to make it to church, at 13th in Cleveland, here in Columbus, Ohio, at Hansberger Methodist Church. She was involved in a variety of activities there, and always a bright spot, always had a, a smile for you, never, never seemed to be on a down day. She uh, loved dearly loved and imparted to me a real love for the study of the rapture of the church and the second coming of Jesus Christ she, if a book came out about the rapture of the church she was, she was first in line to get it up at Camp Syker if somebody preached on the, on the second coming of Jesus or the end times or the rapture of the church Sally not only had the tape She had the notes to go along with it. She would involve herself in a variety of ways in the the life of the church. Just such a bright spot. I can only imagine what a disappointment I was to her. (laughs) She probably had bigger hopes for Linda. Uh, that she'd marry somebody, you know, super successful or, you know, whatever, but she took me in. She took me into the the household and treated me like one of her own. When it came around to vacation time, we wanted to take Sally with us. She was that much fun. We look back at the laughs and the times and the Christmases. I'll never forget sitting in the waiting room The hospital up in in Delaware when they came out and they said that they had found advanced stage cancer in Sally Sally never skipped a beat she was still active and involved she was in great distress but you wouldn't know it she was she was fighting advanced stage cancer And at that point, took in a grandson to raise. Uh, Christmas was still, you had to hog tie Sally to keep her down. No, Sally, we'll we'll handle that. We'll handle it. No, you won't. My kids love Grandma Sally. And every one of them, she had this ability. I'm going to get to the message in a moment. Quit fidgeting. She had this ability. Every one of my kids thought they were her favorite. She showed no partiality. She just loved them all. Christmases were a time of hilarity around the house. And even when she was battling the end stages of cancer, she would not be stopped. She would not be stopped. I plugged a picture into this story. A nameless mother-in-law of Simon Peter. You have to have grace to be Simon Peter's mother-in-law. We talk about some of the great exploits of Simon Peter, but he was forever putting his sandal in his mouth, doing the stupid thing when a far better thing would have been good. But she put up with him. She even lived with him, her and her daughter in Simon Peter's house. I want to plug her into this story today because I think it represents some of the aspects of her life so at certain times i may slip up and call the mother-in-law sally but you just give me a little bit of slack if you would please well it was synagogue day they were there to read the scriptures each day a minion a grouping of 10 believers would gather at least 10 at the synagogue there in capernaum and would read the scriptures. But something was special about that day because somebody special was in attendance at the synagogue. Well, the disciples were there and Jesus was there and he's the one that made the synagogue special. On one occasion when he went to the morning reading of the scriptures, a man came in with a withered hand, but he left with his hand totally intact and strong as the other. On this occasion, in the Gospel of Mark, he went for the Bible reading and there was a man in there who was a regular attender at the synagogue. But when Jesus was in the synagogue, it revealed something that shouldn't have been in the synagogue. This man was possessed Of an evil spirit. You say, well, couldn't everybody else figure it out? It takes the presence of Jesus to reveal what's not of God. And Jesus, all he did was stand there, the Son of Almighty God in the flesh. And this demon possessed man fell all over himself because of the presence of the Lord of glory in the midst. And all Jesus did was command the evil spirits and they fled from the man and he was set free. And everybody was looking around and saying, what kind of guy is this? He came in with Simon Peter and James and John and Andrew. They lived there. Simon Peter's house is just down the end of the block. What kind of guy is this guy? Later on they would see what kind of guy this was he wasn't just another guy he was the son of Almighty God well after a service like that it was everybody was out in the, the area of the lobby of that synagogue and everybody like here was figuring out where they were gonna eat lunch now there were no fast-food restaurants back then But Simon Peter, as always, put his foot in his mouth and said, Jesus, my house is right down there. It's about as far from here, this altar area, to the back parking lot, through the double doors. It's not that far at all. He said, why don't you come on over to my house for lunch? And Jesus says, okay. And not only that, James, John, his fishing buddies and his brother Andrew why don't you all come over to the house for lunch I don't know where it was along the path but as they're walking from the synagogue and they're only going to go as far as the parking lot I don't know how far it was when it finally dawned on Simon Peter he had made a grievous error Any guys here invited people over to the house without checking with the house first? Any of you stupid enough to do that? Dumb, 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 dumb. Well, sure, come on over. (laughs) He forgot that when he got up that morning and he and Andrew left the house, in the middle of the main room, there was, they were a one room house basically. Everybody just rolled their bed rolls out in the middle of the room and then would roll them up when they got up and stack them away. And there was no big furniture thing there. But when he left to go to synagogue that morning for the scripture reading, it hit him. He remembered Sally's sick. She had an intense fever. You know she was sick because she didn't get up. You see, Sally always got up. She was the first one up. She would make this, do that, go get water, whatever. That's just the way she was. He says, oh, man. My mother-in-law is sick of an intense fever. She didn't even move when I left the house this morning. have just invited half of my buddies over for lunch and Jesus oh my the scriptures and immediately they told Jesus about her that she was sick Jesus didn't stop he just kept going in that same direction we want to look at this story from that aspect today it's just a five minute walk from the synagogue at Capernaum to Simon Peter's house the archaeologists have located that house and we spend some time in the perimeter of the the dig there going to be there's a bunch of you already signed up. We're going to be walking that path Amen. in January. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> mm. I only got 14 spots left. I only got 14 spots left. Um, we're going to walk that path. I don't know where it was along there that Simon Peter finally realized what a fool he was. Can any of you imagine inviting a whole bunch of friends over and the head rabbi of the village (laughs) and everybody's not ready for you to be there? But Jesus goes where he's invited. It didn't stop him. He learned about the situation, but it didn't stop him. And I have some exciting news. Jesus still goes where he's invited today. I asked you earlier, but I'm going to ask you to do it again right now. Could we take just a couple of moments and you personally extend an invitation for Jesus to come to this place today in the power of his Holy Spirit. Well, I've, everybody else did. It doesn't matter. I want you to invite him. Could you do that right now? I have a hunch Jesus is going to respond to your invitation would you pray Lord Jesus I invite you to this place this day even though we've got some things here that need your expertise come Lord Jesus come Lord Jesus Amen. How many of you believe that Jesus responds to invitations? Even from Simon Peter. You may not think yourself of a great person of faith. you, You don't have to have faith in your ability. Faith that Jesus will respond to an invitation like that. If he'd respond to Simon Peter's, he certainly will respond to you. It doesn't stop Jesus from going to the place. The mother-in-law, Sally's sick, lying on her mat in the middle of the front room. And you know what goes along with a high fever? You're not looking your best, are you? Some of you are not looking your best and you don't have a high fever. I, I, I don't even have a high fever and I'm not looking that good today. But you're disheveled. You've got pillow hair. A strange coloration on your face, green. And high fevers generally lead to nausea and that which accompanies that. She is not ready for company. But it did not deter Jesus from responding to the invitation. What would Jesus do? Simon Peter didn't really know him that well yet. They've just started on their journey together. Jesus had walked by the Sea of Galilee and said, Come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And they left their nets, their boats, and they took off and followed him. We don't know how close to the beginning of that following this is but it can't be very far along. He didn't know Jesus that well. he just start following him. Jesus even responds to the invitation of someone who's new in the faith. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? New in a relationship with him. Jesus is willing to come. Now what would Jesus do? Would he say, oh, well... I don't want to be a bother. I'll I'll come another time. And that would have given great relief to Simon Peter and his brothers and his brother and his friends. But Jesus didn't excuse himself. Jesus knew what he was walking into and still walked into it. When you invite Jesus into your life situation, You're not surprising him. He already knows. But he's not going to barge into your world unannounced. But he does respond to an invitation. He responds to an invitation. It didn't stop him from coming to Simon Peter's house. He didn't say, well, uh, uh, I... your mother-in-law's sick Sally's down uh, uh, probably no good meal's gonna come with you cooking uh, I'll, I'll come back another day when she's feeling up to it Now, not Jesus you see it may have been easier on Simon Peter but it wouldn't have been easier on Sally Jesus saw this as an opportunity to minister to somebody I find it interesting that no name is given to his mother-in-law. Could be anybody. Her name could have been Sue or Sally or Yachabed or or anything. We don't know. That need that was there, Jesus responded to Even though there was sickness in the house, it didn't hold him back. Nothing can keep Jesus from going to where he's invited. Hmm. The forces of hell cannot keep Jesus from going to where he's invited. Folks, I've got phenomenal news. Prisons can't keep Jesus from going when he's been invited there. If you're Paul and Silas at the midnight hour and you're shackled to the wall in the stench of a prison in Philippi, you call out to Jesus, you praise his name, and he inhabits the praise of his people. Even a prison, they can't keep Jesus out when he's invited into a place through praise. Hallelujah. Nothing can keep Jesus from going where he's invited. We'll talk a little bit later about a little girl that was sick unto death. And Jairus, her father, invited Jesus to the house. Then word came that she had died, and he said, I don't want to trouble you anymore. He says, no, I'm still coming. Because even death can't keep Jesus from going where he's invited. Jesus doesn't excuse himself because you've got big problems in your house. Jesus does not excuse himself because there's trouble or sickness or disease or disparity of any kind. You invite him, he's more than willing to show up. Hallelujah. As I mentioned before this service, I prayed for and invited Jesus to this place. And many of you have prayed. Some of you didn't. I don't know why. You're probably the same one who stole my tambourine a couple weeks ago. <laughs> now, rumor has it. I, I don't know if this is true. I, I, don't, I don't know. Rumor has it. For those of you who are new, my tambourine playing is not... Excellent. It is joyful noise. Watch it. And, and, uh, but I enjoy praising God anyway. They won't let me sing on the worship team. I can't carry a tune anymore, but, you know, I, you know, I beat on things. Rumor has it that Jim, one of the Jim's hit it, but he can't remember where he put it. We don't know if that's true or not, but. A couple years from now we'll be going through some place in the church and find my tambourine (laughs) family problems in your house cannot keep Jesus from coming where he's invited financial crisis in your house cannot keep Jesus from going where he's invited you may be in a bad mood You may be in a bad situation, but I guarantee you, according to the Word of God, when he's invited, he's standing at the door and knocking, he wants to come in, and all you've got to do is throw the door wide open, and Jesus will visit your situation. Sickness may be there. Even the forces of hell can be there. But it doesn't stop Jesus from going where he's invited. Well, they got to the house. Simon Peter doesn't know what he's going to find when he opens the door, and there's Sally. It's not a big house. You could fit it all on this platform twice. But it was their house. And Simon Peter, his wife, his mother in law, and Andrew all lived there in a space like this. As Simon Peter opened the door, he looked in and he grimaced. He was hoping that Sally was up and around. But no sally was laying right where he left her in the middle of the floor looking like she had a bad fever i don't know what kind of mood are you in when you've got a bad fever you're achy all over and you, you don't look that great and there's sally laying in the middle of the floor but it didn't stop jesus look what he does She's sick of a fever. She's disheveled, nauseous. She's just a mess. <laughs> Reminds me of that old song, Just As I Am. <laughs> just As I Am. That's the way she was. It says, but Simon, Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever, and they told him about her at once, so he came. He came. You have a need today? Invite Jesus into that situation. He came and took her by the hand. Now, this morning, we we shook hands. How many of you shook hands with at least one person? Did any of you guys have the audacity to shake hands with a woman who was not your wife? Can I see your hand, please? In Israel, it was. You don't do that. Jesus took her by the hand. An Orthodox Jew does not touch or be touched by someone who is not a family member. his wife some of you have experienced this as we've gone to Israel many of you have gone with me several times on one of our plane rides and it's happened numerous times I hear a commotion and I see a little scrawny Jewish fella all wrapped up in all of the stuff that he wears and he is just throwing a fit he's talking in Hebrew And boy, Hebrew sounds mean when he's upset. (laughs) And I'm trying to figure, what's the matter? What's wrong with him? What, what, What did somebody do? Well, when they passed out the seating chart, they sat him next to a woman. And he said, I cannot sit there. I will not sit there but she's she's not going to touch you but she might and she would breathe in my direction and her clothing may rub against mine and i would be unclean because that's not my wife and that's not my family i cannot touch boy This is the first time Jesus has been invited to the house that we know of. And yet he walks right up. And folks, you don't think a thing about it in our culture. But that wasn't our culture. Not our culture. He walked right up to this lady who is sick and feverish and disheveled and nauseous and laying in a clump in the middle of the room, and he took her by the hand. He took her by the hand. That tells me several things. First of all, it tells me he's not afraid of what afflicts you. He's not a Jesus isn't going to catch anything off you. He's not afraid of what afflicts you or what's in your house, what problem is there. He's not afraid of that. But even more than that, it tells me this. We're part of his family. There's no second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. When he reached out and he took a woman who was not his family, By the hand, he was saying to everyone, that's your rules, not mine. She's family. I want you to know something. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're family, and you're not second class. You're not second class, child of God. As I read it and I saw what Jesus had done that went against every Common social rule of the day. You can't even be in close proximity. Social rules don't apply to Jesus. He said, You're, We're family. And he took her by the hand. He took her by the hand. Then what? So he took her, he came, first thing. He took her by the hand and he lifted her up. Jesus took an action, not just touching, but he took an action with his touch. He lifted her from where she was to where he was. Mark chapter 9 and verse 27 tells us of a father who brought his son to Jesus and the disciples. Jesus was up on the mount uh, and he wasn't present, but he said, my son is possessed of an evil spirit. And he throws him into the fire. He's all kind of things going on. And I I ask your disciples to pray for him and set him free, and they could not. And Jesus kind of rolls his eyes. That's not in the scripture, but I... I think he did. I think he did. Jesus got him. Oh, my. He, and it says, where is he? And he says, if you can have faith, if you believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And the father says, I believe, but uh, help my unbelief. You don't have to have a, a, a barn full of faith if your faith is in Jesus. And here's what it says. He had a deaf and dumb spirit in Mark chapter 9, verse 25. I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead. He was just laying there. So that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose and when he had come into the house his disciples asked him privately why could we not cast him out so he said to them this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting he took him by the hand he didn't just shake his hand he lifted him up he didn't just take the mother-in-law by the hand he took her by the hand and he lifted her to where he was and in that process that action something supernatural happened mark chapter 5 we referred to earlier in verse 40 when Jairus came to Jesus and said my little girl's sick she's got a fever she she isn't well would you come to my house and Jesus said certainly there were some delays along the way, and a guy from the servant from the household came and says, "Don't trouble Jesus anymore. Your little girl is dead." As I imagine that scene, I see Jairus' shoulders sloop. I see tears in his eyes. He turns away from Jesus and starts walking home. And I see Jesus putting his arm around Jairus and saying, come on. Your little girl's just asleep. Let's go wake her up, shall we? And he walked home. The people were gathered there and they were mourning. He got to the house and they were wailing outside. He was a ruler of the the synagogue and, and he was a prestigious person. And Jesus says, hey, She's just asleep. I'm going to wake her up. He was giving them an out. They could say, well, it wasn't a real miracle. It wasn't a raising from the dead. She was just asleep. But no, they rejected that. They knew this little girl, 12 years old, had died. Then Jesus, in verse 40, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him, Peter, James, and John, and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand he wasn't a relative was he but they were family now and said to her talitha kume which is translated little girl i say to you arise immediately the girl arose and walked for she was 12 years of age And they were overcome with great amazement, but he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given her to eat. Can you imagine the joy of the moment? Look at what Jairus, he invited Jesus into an awful situation and nothing, not even death, could hold Jesus back from it. And he took her by the hand He went against all the mores of the day. And he said, we're family. And he lifted her up. And immediately, she was brought to life again. The joy of father and mother being united with their little girl. Now, they couldn't help themselves. The scripture says they went out on the front porch. And the people that were wailing and whining out there go, Isn't that? Yes, it is. And the only difference was Jairus invited Jesus to his house. He took her by the hand, the scripture says. He took the little boy by the hand. Demons and sickness and even death cannot stop the hand of Jesus from touching those that he cares about. He came, verse 31 of Mark 1, took her by the hand, lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her. Sally was instantaneously healed of the fever that had sidelined her. Sometimes Jesus' touch is progressive. On one occasion, he touched the blind eye, And he says, how's that looking? He says, I see men, but they're kind of like elongated trees walking. Jesus said, well, let me touch that again. We don't know why that is, but I know this. There's been times where the Lord has done something immediate for me, and I've had other times when it's been progressive that he's touched me. And I I forgot about it, and then I look back and say, oh, hmm, Jesus touched me. I don't care. How many of you really care? Well, if it's immediate or progressive, you want the healing. Amen? Amen. Amen. You want the touch. He's the same Jesus today as we have prayer in just a little bit around this altar. I believe that there are times, and I've witnessed times, where immediately Jesus has touched, and immediately the healing has been affected, or the situation has been dealt with. Other times when it's progressive and unfolding like pages in a book. But Jesus is turning the pages with his hand. Now for many people, there's a period there in your Bible and for many people, that's where your story ends. I've told you the story about Sally, the unnamed lady here. I've given her a name my mother-in-law there wasn't a period in Sally's Bible it says immediately the fever left her period and that's where most people's story stops not Sally's that wasn't the way Sally's story stopped and she Arose and served them. She got up and served them. God had done a mighty work through Jesus to touch. Jesus can do a mighty work, and many times it's the period at the end of the story. Yes, bless God, Jesus healed me. But not for Sally he came he took her by the hand lifted her up and immediately the fever left her and she served them she served them what can that mean well she she straightened up things she probably made lunch she got everything put together and she served them not just jesus who had done the miracle but those who were with them, his fishing buddies and his brother who lived there, and even Simon Peter, the son-in-law, who got them into this mess. But, oh, I bet she was kind of glad Simon Peter invited Jesus to the house that day. She found ways to serve them. Has Jesus saved you? Can I get a witness? Has he ever healed you? Has he ever met your needs? Has he ever provided? Has he ever made a way where there seemingly was no way? And yet far too often, as a pastor, I have seen this happen again and again and again. People put a period at the end of the story. But not Sally. She got up and served them. She did not use her situation that she'd been in as an excuse just to keep laying there. She served them. If Jesus has given you hope, might be some time to serve him. If Jesus has healed your body, it might be time to serve him. You say, well, I, 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 how, how can I serve him? Well, uh, we know scripturally what happened in the next chapter. We can only deduce from reading the scripture in sequential form here in the book Gospel of Mark. This is what happened. This is the rest of the story. She served them right then and there. She served them. She got up, fixed them a meal, got everything cleaned up and straightened up, entertained them. You know, that's that's a big thing in itself, to entertain guests in your house. She served them. But it didn't stop there. Her service was not just that day. She kept on serving the one who had healed and touched her. She would go to the well and get water. And she'd have a chance to tell others of what Jesus had done in her life. You see, serving him is also sharing with others what Jesus has done for you. It's the only way that we can interpret what happened in the second chapter. In the first chapter, it's Jesus, Simon Peter, James and John, and Andrew at the synagogue. They've gone to the house. But in chapter two, the entire city of Capernaum is showing up at Simon Peter's house. To see Jesus. Well, folks, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't Simon Peter's doing. Because he's always messing up. James and John, they're bickering and fussing with each other all the time. They've got a, a temper problem and they're fussing. They're the sons of thunder. They're always at each other. It wasn't them. Andrew, he's kind of a behind-the-scenes kind of fella. You know what happened, don't you? Sally, Simon Peter's mother-in-law, went and told everybody she could tell what Jesus had done for her. And it made people curious. I wonder what he could do for me. And Simon Peter's mother-in-law also said, I've invited him to stay with us because Jesus is in the house. She invited the whole town over to her house to hear Jesus, to see Jesus. You read the scriptures, you know what happened and and the people were crowded in. They didn't have room for anybody else but that didn't stop people's faith from rising up and breaking through a roof and lowering a lame man down and that lame man walked right out that evening all because Jesus took her hand when he was invited to her house and she told everybody she could. The King James said, it was noised, that Jesus was in that house. Folks, she served him. You say, well, I can't do a lot. You can find a way to serve Jesus by telling somebody, by praying, by interceding, by by touching people's lives, by letting people know that Jesus can do in their lives something supernatural. She served them. She served them. And as a result, everybody in Capernaum, you say, well, it wasn't that big of a town. Hey, it was big enough that the crowds followed Jesus there and people were healed and delivered from evil spirits and marvelous things happened in Capernaum. And the house that he was in was the house that Simon Peter's mother-in-law was serving in. I believe Jesus can be served by us in a variety of ways. Sharing with somebody, praying for somebody, encouraging somebody. How are you serving Jesus today? Some of you have the physical abilities to serve in one way, Others do not. But Sally served. She's called a servant of the Lord, scripturally. Isn't that how Paul identified himself? Jesus had taken Paul from a, he had a career in killing Christians. He was in the upper echelon But Jesus reached out to him on the Damascus Road and he begins to call himself a servant of Jesus Christ. In the letters that he writes to the other churches, I'm just another servant. I'm serving him. I will serve him because I love him. He's given life to me. Are you just receiving from Jesus or are you serving him? Well, I, I don't have the physical ability. I bet if you ask Jesus today how you could serve him, I bet there's some answers there. When I read the story, I see my mother-in-law because she was like that. Well, pastor, did, did the Lord heal her? Ultimately he took her home and I know the first words that he said to her Sally Sally Sunshine welcome home enter into the joy of your Lord she was a servant I want to be a servant of Jesus Christ Would you stand with me, please? As our worship team returns, I want to meet you at this place of prayer. And I want to anoint and believe God. I'm going to ask, we're going to pray a little bit differently today. I'm going to ask my deacons to kind and pastors to line the inside aisle and just form a corridor of faith and just lightly lay hands upon them as they pass by. And I want to pray with people down front. Whatever your need might be. You know, we've invited Jesus to this place, haven't we? How many of you invited him here? may believe he's responding to the invitation. Whatever your situation may be, he's not afraid of it. You don't have to tell me what your need is. I'm just going to lay hands and anoint and pray. It doesn't say Jesus said anything. Do you notice that? It doesn't say he said a thing. He just took her. He just took her, brother. He just took her by the hand. situation and circumstance find your way down the center aisle and we'll pray and anoint with you and we're just going to anoint i don't need to know what your issue is because i can't do a thing about it but i've invited jesus to the house today